Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guests today are from Brig Brothers Big Sisters of Utah. Nancy Weinmiller-Basinger is the CEO and president. Hello. Hi. Nice to be here. Randy Jolly is chief development officer. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being here. The website is bbbsu.org, Big Brothers Big Sisters Utah, so bbbsu.org. Well, Nancy, let's start at the beginning. Um, Who started Big Brothers Big Sisters of America and and why? Well, it's funny. There's a couple stories behind that. Um, but uh, there was a group in New York City that was hap- that was looking for mentors for boys, um, and uh, it's it's probably the most well known origin story for the organization. Uh, and Ernest Coulter in 1904 uh, was affiliated with the Catholic Church in New York City and was looking for mentors for some of the young boys in his parish, I believe, mm. who were. Um, fatherless and want they wanted some positive male role models in the lives of those boys simultaneously it you know come to find out years later uh, a group was also having the same thoughts in Cincinnati so mm. um so the origin stories are, are a little varied but uh <laughs> I think the point is that there were a lot of caring adults who realized that there were kids in their communities that could really use additional role models in their lives and Brandy, how long has Big Brothers Big Sisters been in Utah? We have been in Utah since 1978. We started as Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Salt Lake Incorporated. But now serving most of the entire state. Yes, we're a statewide organization. So maybe talk about how each of you found your way to Big Brothers Big Sisters of Utah. Nancy, I know you were a big sister at one point. I was, yeah. Um out of college, I was working in a nonprofit, uh, and I worked with a woman who left the nonprofit I was at and went to work for Big Brothers Big Sisters in southern Indiana. Uh, and she came back and she said, I think you'd be a great big sister. You should volunteer. And I thought, okay, I would love to do that. Tell me tell me how to do it. Uh, and I became a big sister and um, was a big sister to uh, my little sister, Tina, for several years until I moved away from the state. Uh, And always just had such a great affinity for the organization based on that really positive experience. So when I found out the previous CEO was retiring, I uh, jumped on the opportunity and uh, haven't looked back in the last eight years. Eight years you've been with the company. And Brandy, how'd you end up at Big Brothers Big Sisters? I actually started at at an after-school program, and I just really lucked out. I saw this job... um, Posting and I had been looking uh, looking for a move, looking for a place to make uh, kind of a larger impact than the after school uh, platform. And I found Big Brothers Big Sisters um, and one to one mentoring thirteen years ago. And I'm and I haven't looked back. <laughs> uh, why is mentoring so powerful, Nancy? Well, I think it's really about relationships. I mean, I think if there's one thing that we really learned in COVID that maybe we didn't know as much before, it's the importance of relationships in people's lives and how that really links so strongly to your social and emotional well-being and just your development as a as a young person first and then as a person. Um, and so I think the foundation of one-to-one mentoring is those strong relationships, um, and they really lead to important developmental aspects for kids. And you've been able to show this, the impact. 
We have. Yeah, we're so lucky to be part of a national organization that really has cared for a long time about measuring its impact. Uh, and so we do um, measure impact in, in a variety of ways, but one of them is we do a youth outcome uh, survey for every youth that's matched before they're ever matched and then every year that they are matched in our program. And we look at all the ways that they have um, gained and, and developed uh, skills and um, improvements that have happened in their lives. And Brandy, maybe you can talk about the relationship between Big Brothers Big Sisters of Utah and Big Brothers Big Sisters of America. How does how do those things fit together? So we are a well, and you know, I probably am not the right one answering this question. Nancy is probably a better person to answer this question. But we are an affiliate um, organization with Big Brothers Big Sisters. There are, um, and again, I'll have to look at Nancy for the number of agencies Roughly across the 240. country. Um, Two hundred and forty Big Brothers Big Sisters across the country. Um, we are one of the few statewide organizations. Um, a lot of other organizations have multiple uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters in their state Mm. to serve the different counties. And you have multiple locations in Utah. We do. We have a satellite site in Park City and one in St. George. And we serve uh, the Wasatch Front through our state office uh, on State Street. Now, there's three different mentoring models that you have. And I think most people are are familiar with community-based. So let's talk about that one first. How does that work? Yeah, Um, It's probably what people think of when they think of Big Brothers Big Sisters, if that means anything to them, right? So um, in that model, mentors are matched with a child and they meet the parents and uh, usually they meet the the child and the parent um, for the very first time in the home of the child. And they have a match meeting and they get to know each other a little bit. And then they continue to go back to that child's house to pick them up for most of the outings and activities. Uh, And they do outings and activities and whatever they love to do together, usually out in the community. So we call it community-based. So might be hiking, might be going to the library or uh, getting an ice cream, uh, but it's all kind of in the community. And that's kind of the biggest commitment if somebody's going to be a big is that community-based program. It is, yeah. We ask people to um, commit for a year regardless of the program. And in the community-based program, they are getting together with their little brother or little sister two to four times a month for a couple hours at a time. The second one is site-based. Do you want to tackle that one? Sure. We have a couple of ways that we do the site-based programming. And again, Nancy, hop in here at any time. Um, We have uh, just our traditional site-based program. Uh, We are in... We used to be in 23 schools across the state, and we're in about 16 schools right now. Um, A a lot of them are Title I schools. Uh, We do an after-school program where the kids are matched with a mentor, and they meet for an hour after school at the the school site. So it's a little less planning for the big brother or big sister, a little more structure, um, we, again, ask for a year commitment, but it's just during the school year. So we ask for the year commitment through the school year, and then hopefully they'll come back and, and be with the kids um, throughout. One thing I thought was interesting is you ask for a 12-month commitment, but the average match is about 30 months. It is. Yeah, we're really lucky. I think a lot of people sign up thinking, I'm going to help a kid for 
I'm going to commit to this for a year because it's a good thing to do. But once you meet these kids and you get involved in their lives and they get involved in your life, it's hard to let them go, right? Those relationships are important to that child and to their development, but they're really meaningful and important to the bigs as well. And then the third program is Mentor 2.0. Maybe you could explain what that one is. Yeah, Mentor like. 2.0 is what we call our high school mentoring program. And it's a program that is really largely focused on um, post-secondary success. That just means um, whether you are going to go to college or go straight into a training program for a career, uh, it's really focused on making sure that the high school students have the skills and support that they need to get all the way through high school and into college and and to um, their their next step in preparing for their career. And that's one that you've just expanded. So that's an area where you're needing more volunteers, correct? It absolutely is. We um, have traditionally, we've been in one school for the last six years, uh, and we expanded this year to two new high schools. Uh, and each of those programs are roughly 60 to 75 new matches um, for this year. So uh, we've we've tripled the number of mentors that we need this right. year for that program. Now, Brandy, I know you can cover this one. <laughs> Big Night Out is coming up uh, in yes. just less than three weeks, November 12th. Tell us about this fundraising event. Yes, I'm so excited about Big Night Out, and I can talk about Big Night Out all day long. <laughs> um, Big Night Out is a partnership with uh, Taste Utah. Uh, it's an event where we have 18 chefs from different restaurants uh, join us it, at the Salt Palace. They serve small plate dishes to around 300 guests. Um, it's really a fast-paced night. There is a live auction, silent auction, live music, and delicious food prepared by these chefs and restaurants. And if someone is interested in attending, what's the best place for them to go? Yes, it is an invitation-only event. So if they just visit our website at bbbsu.org, Uh, They can get more information and also an invitation. And how many years have you been doing this gala? We have been doing this. I knew you were going to ask that question. (laughs) I believe this is the 14th year. Wow. Okay. So that's a big event. Um, One thing that I think some people know, but maybe not everybody knows, Nancy, is about the relationship between Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Utah and Savers. Yes. We are so lucky to have an amazing partnership with Savers. We run... Uh, a social enterprise. So we we have a separate charity uh, that is called Friends of Big Brothers Big Sisters, and uh, we partner through that organization with uh, Savers Thrift Stores. We collect used clothing and small household items from uh, local members of the community who maybe are willing to part with those items uh, and donate them to us, and we sell those to Savers Thrift Stores. And we, uh, out of the profits of that business, we fund about 30% of our mentoring programs annually. That's a very big piece. It is. And it's pe- an important piece. People have probably seen those green bins all up and down the Wasatch Front, all through Park City, down through Washington County. Exactly. Yeah, we have about 110 bin locations right now. Um, so one, one near you for sure. Uh, and there's actually a feature of the website where you can... If you click on used item donation at bbbsu.org, you can type in your zip code and it'll tell you exactly where the closest bin or drop-off location is. We have a few attended donation sites as well. So if there's something a little uh, more cumbersome in your trunk, somebody will come out and help you take that right out. So 
you'll come and get it. You can drop it off at the bin. You can drop it off at the donation center. Yeah. And it makes almost a third of the income. Yeah, you can actually schedule a pickup. Uh, we'll come to your house and pick stuff up. We have one-man truck, so the most important thing to remember is has to be able to be lifted by one person. Uh, but other than that, we will we'll come get it. You can drop it off uh, or we'll take it right out of your trunk, whichever is the most convenient for you. Now, if I donate stuff directly to Savers as opposed to one of the bins, is there a difference? Yeah, we excuse me. We still benefit from all of the donations that are made at any of the Savers stores here in Utah. Um, but to be honest, there's just a tiny bit more benefit to us if you bring it to us and let us deliver it to Savers. So we would love to make it easy for people to donate to us uh, whenever possible. So that's about a third of the pie. Where does the rest of the funding come from? We try to have as a diverse a revenue stream as we can so that if we lose one uh, one source of funding that we're not in trouble. So we get funding from special events. We have government grants, United Way, corporate, individual donations, um, and foundations. Nancy, you talked a little bit about this, but can you tell us more about the outcomes and the impact this is statistics, and we have to remember there's actually people behind these statistics. But what does that look like for somebody that's had a big for three or four years? Yeah. Um, we actually, for people who are interested in the you know real statistics and the real numbers, um, we actually have our annual impact report on our website. So love to have people check that out. And um, if they have questions, they can send this to us at our general information uh, email because we're always happy to talk about income. Our outcomes, but um, but basically our impact we track in four key areas: um, supporting emotional, uh, mental health, and emotional well-being, building life skills, avoiding risky behaviors, um, which is everything from from using drugs or alcohol a little too early to getting involved with the juvenile justice system. Uh, yeah, so encouraging educational achievement is the last one, and. Uh, educational achievement is really tracked in terms of um, how well kids tell us they're doing, right? So if they tell us um, they're doing, they feel really bad about going to school and they don't feel like they're very successful, obviously that makes a huge difference in their grades, in how long they'll stay in school, whether they're likely to drop out and whether they're likely to graduate. What makes a good big? And I, I think probably most people, when they first think about this, are a little overwhelmed with, you know, can I really do this? But what, what different attributes make a good big? Well, I think, first of all, it's uh, the year commitment. We do require a year commitment. So being able to commit for that year and then being there, I mean, being consistent and showing up, I think that is what um, is found to, to make the biggest impact is just being there and available. A lot of these kids come from different circumstances, and consistency is something that they maybe don't see all the time. So, um, yeah, those are the two that I always mention because anyone can do those. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you don't you don't have to have money. You don't have to be really smart. You just have to be there and consistent and care. And I'm sure you get this question a lot because you're partnering adults with children. How do you ensure that that big is safe to be around children? Yeah, um, we do uh, have, again, we rely heavily on our national organization to make sure that we always have the most cutting edge information and resources available. Um, and so it's it's really a multi-pronged approach. We do uh, reference checks, background checks. Uh, we have an extensive interview um, and that is followed closely by regular contact with the parent and the child and the volunteer themselves. 
Um, and we are uh, trying to maintain those constant sources of communication um, and and really monitoring uh, what's happening at all times. Um, so what what do your littles look like typically? Who are they and where do they come from? As I mentioned, we're a statewide organization. Um, last year, we served 968 kids across the state. Um, I can give you some of the, the demographics of those kids. 93% uh, came from low to moderate income households. 56% of those are actually living in poverty. Hmm. Uh, 61% Actually, almost 62% identify as children of color. 78% receive subsidized lunch. Uh, 48% of the youth we serve live in single-parent households. So it's really, um, you know, it's it's really a diverse group of kids from across the state. And how does somebody go about if if there's a someone listening who's a single parent or a grandparent and they're thinking, oh, this would be great for my kid? What's what's that process like? Yeah, um, people can apply right on our website. So um, you can also call us if you don't love website applications. That works too. Uh, so we um, we have an online application, um, and then again, there's there's just a, a an interview, um, and uh, we will look we look for kids that have multiple risk factors in their lives. So uh, most of the kids, like Brandy said, are. Um, kids that uh, maybe don't have all of the resources uh, already available in their lives. And um, and then uh, we go through that application process and make sure that our mentoring model is going to be a good fit for that particular child and that particular family. Um, and uh, we'll sign people up. But essentially, anybody that we um, enroll and uh, and accept into the program. It's uh, 100% free of charge mm. to that family. They can choose to contribute to the extent that they're able to help allay some of the costs of some of the activities, but um, 100% free to the families who want to participate. And no one organization can serve everybody. So are there no. kids that are not right yeah. or that you have to refer somewhere else? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the kids that are uh, a great fit for our program are kids who really want to be in our program. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> if if you're if the if the parent thinks it's a good idea but the kid doesn't, those tend not to be very successful matches. Um, and so we're really looking to make mentoring matches that will last, frankly, a lifetime, but mm-hmm. at least a year, uh, so that we see the most positive impacts for the child. So. Um, that's really kind of the number one thing I would say is that the child is really interested in having a new friend in their life um, who can expose them to new things and and do things they already love to do with them. But I'm sure there are some kids that the program Big Brothers Big Sisters isn't the right fit for them. Maybe even if they're willing, that maybe they're more involved in the gym, ju- juvenile justice, you know, issues or. Um, I don't know, drug and alcohol problems. So are there some kids that you just have to refer to other places? Yeah. I mean, we partner really closely with a number of other nonprofit organizations. But I would say that if there's somebody out there listening who uh, thinks that they might like to have a mentor for the child in their life, the best thing to do is to call us and to reach out, right? Because um, if it's not us, we'll let you know that it's maybe not us. and, And we'll talk to you about why that maybe is not a great fit for your child, um, but we'll help you uh, get to some resources that maybe are a better fit. I think probably one of the other big fears about being a big is, do I know enough to do this? So 
Do you just throw that big in there and say, have a good time, or is there support and training that goes along? Absolutely not. We are with the big throughout the life of the match, and that is one thing that kind of separates us from other mentoring organizations. I mean, we're one-to-one, and we do stick with them. Our match support specialists um, are in constant contact with the child, the the family of the child, or the um the guardian, and then also the mentor. So we're constantly talking to them. We also have training, extensive training that the the bigs go through. Bigs are what we call the, the mentors. Um, the mentors go through training before they even start. And like Nancy mentioned, we have referrals to our, our uh, match support is equipped with all sorts of referral information and uh, ways to help our matches. So you're never alone. We should have probably talked about it at the beginning. The mentor is a big, yes. the child is a little, and then once they're together, it's a match. And I love that verbiage. Nancy, I know you mentioned that there's been a decline in people volunteering recently. Do we have any idea why that is? Is it pandemic-related? Yeah, it's interesting. We're seeing that um, nonprofits all over the country are seeing a decline in the number of volunteers who are reaching out and and making inquiries um, about becoming a volunteer uh, and Big Brothers Big Sisters is certainly not um, exempt from that trend nationally uh, and, or here in Utah. So um, we we think that uh, people uh, maybe had a little more time on their hands during the pandemic. We saw actually more people reaching out oh, okay. early in uh, early in the quarantine phases of that process. And then um, as the pandemic started to wane and people started to get more active, um, I think they felt like they had less time on their hands. Mm. And so we're seeing um, that that trend of reaching out to see if maybe this particular volunteer opportunity is right for people. Um, we're seeing a lot less uh, of the a lot lower numbers of people reaching out. And you've always got a shortage of male bigs. We always have. It turns out... Two-thirds of the kids that uh, want a big are boys, and two-thirds of the people who volunteer on their own are women. Uh, and we do try to make same-gender matches based on how both the big and the little identify their yeah. own gender. And so um, we are uh, always looking for more male role models to be matched with our boys who are waiting. So you may have female bigs that are waiting for a little, but you have male littles that are always waiting for a big. Always. How many do you know right now about how many boys are waiting? Yeah, about 70 boys wow. are waiting to be matched right now. Um, and uh, and like I said earlier, our, our high school program, the Technology Enhanced Mentoring Program, is, um, is going to have uh, about 125, uh, sorry, 225 kids that are that are going to be enrolling in that program so that'll be about 50 50 boys and girls as well um so uh any any way that uh people are interested in volunteering we can probably find an opportunity that fits their schedule and their interests and going back to the three different programs we talked about there's different levels of commitment so if somebody could come in and say here's about how much time and money i have you know what, what would be the best fit for me that that can be done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the technology enhanced program, for example, it's basically an email a week and uh, and two hours a month during the academic year that we're asking people to commit. And so um, we have div- all different levels of involvement and and sort of accessibility for the volunteer. Are there any myths out there surrounding Big Brothers Big Sisters that people just they they think a certain thing and it's just not true? Well, I think a lot of people feel like they're not qualified to 
be a to okay. be a big, yeah. right? Which you already covered. Um, people say that all the time. What would I have to contribute? And um, and I'm for sure not qualified, right? You must want. Uh, people say this to me all the time. You must want professional people. You must only want doctors and lawyers and and people who uh, everyone would look up to, right? Yeah. And it and and what we kind of our tagline and and it's so true is we have all kinds of kids, so we need all kinds of bigs. Oh, I like that. And as far as age, I know there's somebody in Park City that you've mentioned before that how old are they and they're still a big? Yeah. Our, well, our oldest big recently uh-huh. uh, was was a big in Park City who was 82. Um, and he was matched with a little boy whose grandparents didn't live anywhere close. And oh, nice. so uh, and so their relationship was a little bit more like a, a grandparent-grandson relationship. Yeah. But yeah, um, it's funny because kids have different visions of what they want in a big. Uh-huh. Um, some bigs will play video games uh, all the time, and some bigs maybe will paint each other's, you know, paint their little nails. And uh, it doesn't really matter what you love to do. Um, there are littles waiting who love to do those things too. Brandy, one last shot to get uh, people to big night out. Tell us, uh, big night why, out. Why do I want to go to big night out? Big night out, November twelfth. They're delicious food, amazing chefs. Uh, great live music. We are looking at quite an exciting live and silent auction this year. Uh, one of the chefs is coming back for her third year. Um, you may have seen her on uh, Kids British Bake Off, I think she <laughs> was on. She is a fantastic baker. Um, last year, she brought uh, cupcakes and creme brulee. Um, they're amazing food, great people. It's a fun event. All proceeds benefit Big Brothers Big Sisters and one-to-one mentoring. So check it out. Give us a call. We'd love to send you an invitation. And you can also go to the website, bbbsu.org. Nancy and Brandy from Big Brothers Big Sisters of Utah, thank you so much for telling us about what you're doing. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com. 